Well, hey, and welcome. I don't know if you realized it, but congratulations. You've just arrived at the DC Comics News Podcast Network, our weekly podcast where we cover all the movies, television, streaming, comic book, and other news that we can assemble from under the sun, thanks to our amazing editor-in-chief, Mr. Josh Rayner. I'm talking about DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. I can say that because I'm your host, Seth Singleton. This is episode number 151, and I am not alone. No, I have partner in crime, a partner in news, a partner in podcasting? Is that a thing? Anyways, you know him, you love him. He's he's the man behind Felicky Fashions, Mr. Brad Felicky. Brad, how you doing today, sir? I am doing good, and I think that podcasting is definitely a thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, like partner in podcasting. Like, is that like a title? Like, are we podcast partners? Be. Are we co-hosts? Yeah, I think, like, I think I, I, definitely. <laughs> partners in podcasting. All right. Well, hey, let's go ahead and kick things off because we've got movie news and then we've got, well, you'll just, you, you've either heard it and you know it or you're about to learn all about it. But we're starting off with the movie news and first on our list of amazing topics yeah, do you remember that we had some themes for you not too long ago, like a Riddler theme from the upcoming new The Batman movie? If not, go back, catch that episode, you'll understand the context a little bit, and how that our next story, our first story, is a continuation of that theme, because now we have a Catwoman theme that's been released in anticipation of the upcoming The Batman appearing in theaters on March 4th. Brett, what did you think about the uh, theme? You know, what, what does it mean in comparison with the Riddler one, or just by itself? You know, it, it feels kind of melancholy and lonely is the first words that jumped into my mind while listening to this. And it was very more intimate, you know, you know very focused on piano. Uh, and whereas the Riddler seemed a lot more bombastic, uh, this Catwoman theme seems entirely different. And I also kind of got like a 70s vibe from it, like a. You know, I, I could see this in a movie in the 70s and also kind of got a James Bond type of vibe. I'm not sure why, but um, put all that together. And I think that this is going to be another interesting Batman score. You know, I've talked many times about how much I love the Joker score and maybe this score will be just uh, as good. Uh, it's, it's definitely uh, seeming like it's going to be that way. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think scores are so synonymous with Batman films. I mean, I remember how significant the the uh, Batman 89 soundtrack was. Like, I can distinctly remember <laughs> playing that while reading comics, while reading books. Like, it just became this wonderful thematic reminder of the movie. And it was so, for me, it was just, ah, it, it really bonded the Batman movie with my brain in a music way. So I, I feel like the soundtracks, they, they do that. And I loved your description of this. It's interesting because when I was listening to it, I did notice a, a very mournful sort of solitary sort of an idea, you know, an understanding of, of sort of what it's like to be in the world, you know, and around it. And yet also feel very isolated from it. I also got a noirish feel like actually something that took me back to like a Casablanca um, black and white gumshoe sort of vibe you know what i mean mm -hmm. walked into my office and there i was drunk on a wednesday you know what i mean like it definitely yeah. had this sort of right. like you know full of intrigue and and uh, sleight of hand and and con anyways i i got some of those vibes off it so it's cool that you got the like 
the ones you described, like the seventies one and, and stuff like that. I think it's, I think it's really interesting to hear, you know, what others are going to feel and then how those ideas we, we pick up from just this music is going to then inform us later when we see it. It's like, Oh, remember that sound, how it now connects to the visual of the movie. It was such a great experience, right? Like it's so amazing how soundtracks can kind of bond a movie in the brain. Um, and if you're looking for ways to already start sort of like etching images from the movie into your brain, guess what? We've just found out that the Batman has released now, it says over 20, but in totality, there are 44 high-res stills that you can check out right now. And uh, I'd say just do a search and find them because they're going to be everywhere and they are gorgeous. Brad, what do you think? Yeah, you know, uh, they are gorgeous. Uh, and I feel like we've seen a lot of these before in different ways, like scenes from the trailer. But uh, we do get to see more of John Turturro's Falcone character. And, and the one picture, you can see the penguin standing kind of to his side, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, and I like that kind of full body shot of the penguin sitting in that chair. Uh, that's kind of a view of the character that we haven't seen before. But, yeah, these these uh, these, you know, images are enough to whet your appetite if, it, you know, if you're not already excited, which how could you not be? But, yeah, I mean, they're. they're I, I just love how they're kind of releasing these little teases like almost every day uh, between now and the fourth when it's you know released. So the marketing team behind this is doing a doing a great job. Uh, what about you? Yeah, DC, give those guys raises, Warner Brothers, like seriously, show some love after because they really, really are these. I mean, come on. We just talked about two different ways that you can, you know, experience hints of the movie. One, the Catwoman theme following on the heels of the rhythm one from last week and and now you've got these great images and yeah we have seen a, a number of them but i was also caught by the ones that i didn't remember seeing before i felt like there was like a garage sort of car scene with the the light streaming through the windows or some kind of light panels hanging down that that feels a little different from the other yeah. views that we've gotten and that one of the bat symbol against the moon yeah that, that thing one was, that one i wanted to mention too yeah that was cool yeah, that one really caught me. I was like, oh, did you sneak that in there? Because it felt like you guys just like, oh, Ray, seen it, seen it. Oh, what's that? And like, if you're not paying attention, you could just slide right by. It's a lovely slideshow. And it's easy to miss a couple of them where I was like, oh, that's that's new. But yeah, that 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 bad symbol of the moon. Ooh, that really got me. I was really I was really quite pleased with that one. I think that was pretty much my highlight. I was like, you know what? You, you can release all of them together, but that's the one I'm remembering. <laughs> oh, and was it just me or does the one there's a Riddler one with him like pulling the uh, duct tape in like a very menacing like he's about to duct tape somebody with it. And I don't remember that. It could be a still See, to taken me from that to me that that kind of was a throwback to the very first trailer. Like if you okay. remember the very first trailer, almost the very first thing you see is him uh, with with the duct tape so that I guess maybe that's why that didn't it might have been like a different angle. Like you were saying, gotcha. but I, I think that that's why that didn't necessarily jump out to me as something as something new. But um, but yeah, you could be right. It could be like a different, you know, like a different angle that we're seeing it from. Maybe. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell. It, it was it was hard to figure like, OK, is it just that I've only seen it in the film? Like, Because I noticed that there were a couple of other stills taken from the movie that I only remember seeing from the trailer, not taken as a still like this. Um, and I couldn't tell if that was one, 
you know, that I recognize that way or if or if, like you suggested, it's a different angle kind of shot like I felt with the uh, the cars and everything. But don't worry, we can always come back to that and we can always keep charging forward because that's not the last Batman story that we have. No, 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 no. We have plenty. Mr. Rayner, you, sir, have been doing your diligence and we are thusly rewarded for it. Um, We've got teasing now. I mean, Batman hasn't even come out. Right. Still March 4th. We're recording today. It's like February 20th, if I'm still keeping track of date and time. And if you know me like these guys do, I have no concept of time zones or anything like that. So I'm I'm hopeful. But I know the movie hasn't come out yet because we're still talking about it coming out. <laughs> and there's mm-hmm. already word from Matt Reeves of a Batverse spinning out. It, it, uh, Brad, my brain is like bubbling, so I just need you for a minute, man. How, what do you think about this? I, I say why not, and I say it's to be expected. Uh, I, I do think that one of the things he said was pretty smart, and he said, you know, basically, you know, don't put the cart before the horse. Uh, the movie has to come out; people have to like it, and then we'll go from there. Because they already have that uh, the um, the Gotham police procedural show in the works. So this didn't really come as a surprise to me. I I, I welcome it. Uh, I want to see. I mean, you know, granted, if the movie's horrible, I might change my mind. But it's not looking like it's going to be horrible. So uh, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty optimistic. So I say I say why not? You know that there's just no character that's as popular as Batman. So so many different versions of this character can exist in people's consciousness and they don't have to overlap. So, uh, you know, why not? Um, you know, I, th- I think um, Pattinson's going to surprise people. Uh, I, I think maybe the tone of the story is going to surprise people and I think they're going to want to see more. So I say, why not? What about you? I'm, I'm of a couple minds. I mean, I totally agree. If it bombs, then yeah, no one's going to want anything to do with it. That, but I, I, I don't see that happening. I feel like it's, it's setting up a lot of great things that we can spin more stories out of. I do feel if they were going to go in any direction, that the greatest potential has to lie, in my mind, with Selena. I, I do know that there's the Gotham Police Procedural, and I like that. But there is a calling for heist movies. There is some unbelievable material, even in the most recent Ram V Catwoman storylines, that would just be perfect. Like you could just pull that right up and drop uh, this version of Catwoman in there and you would be set. I mean, look at the Oceans movies, look at so many different caper movies that have done so well and then take, you know, a really sort of morally interesting character like Catwoman has her own rules, has her own idea of what's right and what's wrong. And you could have a, a really cool character narrator that that's where I see it, like making the most sense right off the bat. I mean, I really think you could, you know, go in some great directions with it. Plus you could always have reference to things happening in Gotham that can pick up later in a future Batman movie. And it would just, you know, it would be like your chance to keep your thumb on the pulse of what's going on in Gotham leading up to it. Anyways, I could go on forever. So, yeah, I was just kind of intrigued by that. I do agree with you. You know, of course, you don't want to put the car before the horse. And I love that Matt Reeves is kind of like, yeah, you know, um, you should really talk to the HBO Max reps. (laughs) (laughs) They probably got more answers than I do. We're trying to do stuff. And I also think he makes an interesting point. You know, you want to do a movie that 
can stand alone. You don't want to do, hey, this is what part one is like, and and part two will tell this other stuff later because you never know if part two will happen. Anything could get in the way. But um, I, I like the I like the potential of the thinking. Like, hey, we've got some ideas in works, and if people get behind us, keep your eyes open. And I would keep your eyes open because this is not the only bat-related news we've had coming your way on a regular occasion. I think we should also give some credit to the uh, you know marketing team behind Batgirl because we've got new set photos, and we have Michael Keaton. Brad, what'd you think about this and the photos? And is that really the I, the bat? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. And I'll just sum up what I think about it and just say, man, it's good to have him back. I mean, looking at these pictures, this took me back to that summer of 89 when that movie debuted and oh man I, I must have seen it in the theater five times and just all the memories associated with it and that summer it was just really nice to have him back so i i, I can't wait to see more and uh, it also helps to make me that much more excited for the flash movie because we're gonna get to see him in that as well what about you Oh, it's such an exciting, I mean, <laughs> it's a little tough with the images because you can tell it's a night filming and they're taken from a distance. So you're like, all right, uh, can we get closer? Just, okay, fine. We'll get those eventually. But I mean, just the anticipation that comes with knowing, I mean, I, I loved every time he appeared on a uh, talk show and they would be like, yeah, so you play Batman, right? He's like, I'm Batman. Like, I love the authority in which he's always like, that's right. I'm Batman. I'm I'm always going to be Batman. Bring me back. I'm Batman. And and I know that 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 gravitas, that that sense of this is my character. I know exactly who Batman is from the moment I say I'm playing that character, the moment I step out. And like, I, I feel he's going to really bring that. I think it's going to be huge. Um, <laughs> and, and I think if you really want to get fans excited, this is such a great teaser. Like, here's a picture of him. Don't worry. The close ups are coming. In the meantime, drool, 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 of which I can say I've got handkerchiefs, I've got paper towels, I'll be fine. Thank you. I even have a dish towel if it gets bad. Um, But we have one more movie news that we're going to go ahead and send your way. No, it's it's not in the bat related. However, it. Well, I, I don't quite know what category you would put this in. I will say. Music and movies have always collaborated, as we were talking earlier. So maybe it should come as no surprise that Curtis, 50 Cent Jackson, is looking to uh, get into comic book movies with DC's Zero. Brad, what do you think about this? Uh, you know, I, I I think it's a great idea for 50 Cent. Uh, he had a lot of success with his work behind the scenes on Power. Uh, so we know that he can do it. Uh, moving on, on to uh, superhero movies seems like a natural progression. Uh, and you know his appearance on the Super Bowl, you know his his uh, exposure right now is is rising. So I think it would be a good time. I just wish I knew a little bit more about the character. Uh, I feel like I've missed a whole big chunk of these characters that came out when I was not uh, when I was not collecting. So I'm going to have to kind of do my research and learn more about the character. Uh, I, I did just 
order the um, milestone compendium so that I can start to get caught up on all that stuff that I missed. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. So I'm going to have to add this to uh, to the list. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I'm embarrassed at how much of Christopher Priest or Priest's work I need to catch up on. Um, Maybe Black I, Panther totally. stuff was great. You know, I, I have read that. Yeah, I mean, I dug his Deathstroke, but every once in a while I'll hear about a title he did, and I'm like, what? How did I miss that? Grr! You know, like, you want to think you're keeping up with some stuff, but yeah, there's those moments where you're like, when did that come out? (gasps) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had other stuff going on at the time. I don't know else. Yeah, I just wasn't collecting or as aware of comics as I was at that time. Um, But the character sounds really cool. I love the concept. You know, um, the ability of an agent to go ahead and disguise themselves, blend into the international elite. Um, I love, you know, all the things that that can offer as far as commentary, as far as like playing against tropes. And I I feel like if you're going to partner with anybody, Priest is probably, you know, one of the most established names and one of those kind of writers who he's going to give you something to work off of that that studios are going to want to get behind. I think there's always going to be a, a distance from once you get that script to then how do you get the casting and the tone in the right direction to to make this everything it can and should be. But I think starting off, it's got great potential just because of the collaborations. I mean, if there's one thing, you know, uh, 50 Cent Curtis Jackson has done, it's, you know, build a lot of really impressive properties through persistence and marketing and I'm not as familiar with Power, but from what you're describing, it sounds like he's played, you know, a significant role on that project. Um, as you mentioned, also recent appearances and things like the Super Bowl have raised his, you know, visibility. And there could be a real push from, you know, certain studios to get behind that immediately. So, I would love to see this project take off. I, I do need to catch up, and I am so juiced that you got the compendium, man. I can't wait to catch up with you about milestone stories. That's going to be so much fun. Um, <laughs> you know, you heard me freaking out last week about uh, Blood Syndicate. So uh, I'm here, man. I'm happy to talk about those any given time. Plus, I'm getting my copy of it because I just want that gorgeous thing on my shelf. It was like, you know, going for the who's who collection. It's like, yeah, it's gorgeous, and I want it. So I'm getting it. Okay. <laughs> Plus, I don't want to trash the original issues that, you know, I know just looking through them, I'm always taking the risk of something happening. The dogs spilled something, whatever. That is our final movie news. But guess what? We, we, we don't stop the ball there. We just keep on charging ahead, tucking under to give a Super Bowl reference, you know, put the head down and search. So keeping that all in mind. We are now at TV and streaming news. And why slow down when you've got a good thing going? And that's the motto behind the Peacemaker, who has just recently announced that season two is already heading our way. Brad, what did you think about this announcement? We I'm guessing you saw the finale of the uh, Peacemaker series and are kind of Jones in for more. Yeah, I I, am so excited. I loved I loved the series. I loved the ending. And even if the series was horrible, I would want a new season just for that opening uh, credit sequence to see more of that. I, I love it. So I cannot wait. And on a little bit of a side note, uh, I, I think it's good for James Gunn too, because James Gunn and Jennifer Holland just got engaged. Uh, she is the actress who plays Harcourt in the series. So 
the happy couple can be working together on a second season. So yeah, um, man, I, I, I want a second season like tomorrow. So yeah, I'm super psyched about this. What about you? I think I think it was pretty much from the moment that I saw that first episode with the intro that I was like, oh yeah, season two is coming just for this <laughs> right here. Season two will come. Like uh, I remember, I think it was by like either episode four or five that I mentioned something about the the intro to my wife, who then loves the show. By the way, like not the biggest DC fan, knows some things. And at one point was, you know, going here, look and showing me fan videos of people doing the intro in in like coordination with the show. So that like it would be a side by side of them and the intro and them trying to do all the dance moves. And, and I'm just saying, if you feel like you've got a few minutes and you want to have a chuckle, do those. And some people are really good. Some people are dressed in full costume. Like they've got their own peacemaker outfit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just want someone in a judo master costume to do it. And I'm going to be pretty gold. That's all I got to say. Um, however, for all of the excitement that, you know, peacemaker has been generating, that doesn't mean that every story that you might be hearing about it is 100 percent true. If you've seen it, you know that there are certain things that are definitely not going to be plausible, but others could tickle the fancy enough that you think it, it could actually be happening. And one of those was recently uh, debunked by Jane's gum that uh, apparently Bane will not be showing up in the second season of Peacemaker, at least at this time that we're talking about it. Brad, you know, was there any hint that maybe it could happen? No, this was news to me. Uh, and look, quite frankly, I don't care. Because no matter what character James Gunn brings in for the villain, it's going to be great. So it could be Bane, it could be Killer Moth, I don't care. Uh, he's He's got such a way of using those kind of lesser-known characters that, uh, not that Bane is that, but um, any character that he's going to bring in, I'm down for. So I, I don't really care that Bane's not going to be in it. What about you? I think it won't matter. Yeah, it, it won't matter. I honestly think that, as as was suggested by a member of the team, that Kite Man would be a perfect addition to an upcoming uh, Peacemaker episode season. But I really think any character would. And I laugh that someone had the audacity to post this report of like, yeah, it's going to happen. Primary antagonist. And James Gunn comes along and like, don't you know to make really sure this stuff before posting? No one knows what's coming but me. And even I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I really think, I mean, come on, this is the guy who created Peacemaker during the uh, pandemic shutdown when he couldn't work on Suicide Squad. So he was like, fine, I'll write a whole other series. And he did it. So given what he can do in that period of time, I, I think anything is possible. I think given a wild weekend or even a reflective one, he could be like, yeah, OK, maybe I will bring Bane in, but it's going to be Bane doing ballerina stuff and ballet. <laughs> right. And it's right. also going to be, you know, in tandem with like two other characters you never saw coming. Never. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's kind of his attitude. Like now that you've gone ahead and put it out there, not only am I going to not say I'm going to do it, but then if I do do it, it's going to be so much cooler than anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Come on. I'm the one who, you know. I brought polka dot man to life on screen. Right. Back off. And a like, polka dot yeah. man that everybody loved. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there was so much good stuff. And I mean, now I'm going to have to go back and watch it. I recently 
yesterday was working on some projects and I ended up watching uh, Shazam and Aquaman back to back. So I feel Suicide Squad's like totally in the rotation pretty soon now yeah. just to this conversation. Why not watch it again? Why not? Um, <laughs> now, if you, okay, so really quickly, this is about the Peacemaker finale. If you have not seen the Peacemaker series or the finale, I'm going to encourage you to hit that, you know, fast forward button about three or four times. We'll try not to spend too much time on this. But if you don't want to know about the finale, fast forward now because we're going to talk about it now. You've been warned. All right. Peacemaker finale originally had Batman and Cyborg included. Instead, we had a different lineup of figures familiar and popular in the justice league brad what did you think about this decision to not have that uh, be part of the ending and the ending we did get well i i loved the ending and i loved who we did get although i uh man i wish they could figure this whole thing out with henry cavill so we don't have to have like a stunt double playing superman and we don't really get to hear him talk or really see him that clearly uh, i'd love to have him back um but i loved that jason momoa and uh uh flash uh shoot uh having a oh, forget his name darn it but that they were back and their little banter was uh was great uh but I, I think the most ominous thing that batman and cyborg are not included is that we still don't know what the fate of those characters are going to be in these dc movies uh and i i really really would like rafe fisher to be able to continue as the character because he has really um thrown a lot behind the character really shown how much he loves playing the character so i'd like to see him continue on with that chance i think unfortunately the ben affleck batman that ship has kind of sailed uh but i I just wish that they could figure that out but regardless of that i still I, i still love the ending that we got what about you I mean, I still love the ending we got, and I love the dialogue between, uh, yeah, Ezra Miller and Ezra Miller. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> no no problem. That's like, okay. My <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we've all been there. I'm sure I've done it probably as recently as like the last two episodes. But him and Jason Momoa had some great dialogue, especially about rumors and fish. Um, but yeah, yeah, the uh, the other part, you know, I mean, I even kind of felt it was weird that. It was a silhouette of uh, Superman and Wonder Woman. I was like, well, what's what's the you know, why not have Gal Gadot? Why not have Henry Cavill? What it does highlight, like you pointed out, this this ambiguity regarding is Henry Cavill moving forward as Superman or not? What's what's going on with that? And why can't WB just decide that? There is nothing wrong with having multiple versions of characters. If we're already talking about having different Superman uh, versions coming up soon in the future, everything from the Michael B. Jordan project to other possibilities, like, let's just get used to it already. The sooner you get, you know, past that hump, the sooner you get over that whatever obstacle that you see it being, once you're done with that, everything's better. You know what I mean? Let the fans argue out about which version of Superman they want. Hey, can we go ahead and get Tyler Hoechlin from over at uh, <laughs> Superman yeah, and yeah. Lois? I would have been fine with it. Like, yeah. I don't get why you even got to, you know. So I'm with you on that, man. And I'm curious if you're out there and you're feeling similar to us. I totally agree. And, man, after watching uh, Snyder Cut Justice League, 
Ray Fisher was such a beautiful portrayal of Cyborg. I I really want that to happen. So, guys, figure it out. It's it's you're making it harder than it is. I'm done with that. Moving on to uh, the fact that we can't seem to stop talking about Peacemaker and James Gunn and everything else. James Gunn has already given a sort of sense of what his upcoming focus is going to be regarding DC TV, especially after Marvel's Guardians Volume 3. Brad, what do you think about this sort of uh, insight that we got to get? Uh, you know, he can basically do whatever he wants at this point. So he must have really had a good experience with Peacemaker that he wants to stick with TV. You know, maybe he likes the, um, you, you know, like the kind of you, you could take your time telling a story with movies. you got to be kind of quicker. So maybe he likes that part of the storytelling. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of funny that kind of a show that he just wrote on a whim during the pandemic because he didn't have anything else to do has kind of turned into something that might change his career if he continues on with TV. And the more DC TV stuff he does, I am I'm completely there for it. Um, this uh, guy's a genius. So, yeah, I, I I'm down for whatever he's going to do. What about you? Yeah, I, I mean, clearly he had a good time. I think the one thing that's probably going to stick out for me and it's following up on what you were just saying about this idea of, you know, how much fun did he have and. And what was what was the meaning behind doing the Peacemaker series? I, I think because it was something that he wrote because he was passionate about the idea. And, you know, artistically, it wasn't because he had agreed to a contract and a deadline and then he was working on, you know, that point of it. Instead, he came with a story first and then he was able to turn around and do something with it. I think when it's like a labor of love like that it and it's successful and it's well received it can kind of change what you think is the trajectory. You know, it might be like, oh, I've got a good contract. I'll sign another contract for the future. You know, I can make these sort of plans for things. But then there's, you've made a commitment, so now you have to follow through. And the energy behind that can be really different, even when you're excited about it. It's like, you have to do this. And with Peacemaker, he didn't have to do that. And I really feel like that might be a, a thing that that has developed into something important i guess and and that there's a value included with that that's really different because yeah he's gonna do guardians 3 says he wants to come back to tv for a year and he has no plans to do a guardians 4 and i think you're right with the idea of the episodic i recently watched the reacher series on prime tv and i never got into the tom cruise movies because my dad always put it in my head about how big the character really is and the stories and but i also felt like there's a, a an ability for a story to breathe when you do it in an episodic way. Mm -hmm. And I think that might really play to a lot of his strengths. You know, he tried to do some of that in Suicide Squad, which was a really, I think, a perfect length film. But I also felt like he was like, there's so much more story to tell, which is why Peacemaker spun out of it. So I I think you're onto something. I think TV could be a great new direction for him, even after this year that he's talking about spending on it after Guardians 3. I, I think there could be longer term TV ideas in his head now, like, how can I take stuff I wanted to do and turn it into an episodic serial instead of thinking about trying to fit it into a two hour movie? You know what I mean? There could be some really great opportunities he's mm-hmm. looking at now, given the success he had. Anyways, did you have something to add on that, man? I felt like oh. I was just rambling. Oh, no, no, no. I think he summed it up <laughs> okay. very well. All right. I do my best from time to time. And other times, well, we just hope for the best right now. 
something I never have to hope for the best for. It's something I'm always rewarded by is the Flash TV series. Now, granted, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool, like, happy-as-a-clam Flash fan forever. But season eight, synopsis, just makes me grin wider than a clam. And I don't know what else to do about that except to say, I'm going to work on this problem so I can talk normally. And Brad, what did you think about the uh, synopsis we just got and the teasers? Yeah, this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun uh, with with Bart and Nora going around trying to fix fix the timeline. Uh, yeah, this could be a lot of fun. I, and I'm just so glad that they're they're back. Uh, and another thing about the story that makes me intrigued about this episode is is you know Jordan Fisher really took the character seriously. Not only uh, you know coming into a show as he called it well oiled. So a show that's been on for a while and that, you know, that knows what it's doing to step into the to a role in a show like that is can can be daunting. And not only that, you're playing a character that has a lot of history that fans want and have certain expectations about. And you're doing it in while really upping representation as well so i i just love how seriously he's taking every aspect of that when he's bringing life to this character in this episode so yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to this uh what about you i think the synopsis is great i i think uh going around fixing you know problems in time and <laughs> running around and trying to say okay how do we how do we solve these problems i mean they recently did it in the flash series and to to great appeal in in my eyes where there were all these different, you know, uh, the speed force sort of exerting itself in explosive ways throughout time and Flash jumping into different speedsters and all the different things we got to explore with that. So taking that idea now and translating it to Bart and Nora. And as you said, what a gift to have them back. You know, I mean, they're great characters. Um, I think uh, I think Fisher really in this interview just points out all of the ways that he invested knowing that he's already got experience going into shows that are already so many seasons into production as you described it and he did a, a well-oiled machine or a well-oiled system but also the idea that he suggests that look you know you understand when you go for a superhero that there's a world you have to explore and invest in and that this idea that 98 percent of the time someone that's playing a superhero has done all the research in order to portray that superhero accurately um that kind of commitment and understanding i mean you, you got to appreciate a young professional just seeing all of that able to understand it and then explain it to somebody else in what i felt was a really impressive way so i, I love the dedication i i love the promise that these actors bring to characters that we love and how much we've already loved them and yeah, you're basically setting me up to really just sort of smile and have a great time watching two speedsters i love just have a good time on TV and make me laugh in the process. So I'm gold, man. I'm all set. <laughs> uh, with that, we have one more of our teaming TV and streaming news. And that is the uh, announcement that HBO Max CW DC shows are moving and streaming. The Arrowverse has a new home. Brad, what did you think about this? To me, uh, there's so much up in the air about the potential sale of CW. But this gave me a little bit of hope that they're not going to get lost because it was said that this, the DC shows are valuable. And that is very important. Uh, valuable in the sense that 
not only do they have a lot of fans, but they could probably bring in a little bit of money. They're valuable shows that will have uh, a life that continues no matter what happens to the CW network. And to me, that's that's the best thing about this particular story is that it's probably not going to mean the end for these shows. Uh, what about you? I mean, I love that the shows have been streaming on HBO Max that, you know, as soon as uh, Superman and Lois had finished season one, you couldn't find episodes as much on TV, like, you know, whatever your uh, television streaming access app was, unless you'd recorded, but you could go to HBO Max and they were all available right there, ready to go, you know, binge available should you choose. And that right now they've got things like Batwoman as well and other Arrow properties. So, I, I mean, I feel like with this sale, there's going to be a, a lot of factors that have to come into play. And I do appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, HBO Max's chief is saying, look, those are valuable. I don't know how they're going to shake out, but they do well here. And um, I'm not involved in a negotiation, so I can't really, you know, talk about the details. But the shows that, uh, that we have for the CW are valuable, perform well, and who knows, that could really change whether or not that's something that can be purchased. Like if that doesn't, that value doesn't drive the price tag higher as far as a potential sale or not. So I think there's still plenty to be worked out, details to be considered. And unfortunately, without a lot of that information being public, it, it just becomes a speculation thing. But I do like the potential that maybe Maybe there's a splitting of the difference that works well for DC fans and Arrowverse fans, and maybe there won't be a sale after all. Who knows? <laughs> With that, uh, we've got a quick ad break coming up, and then we've got comic book news, quite a nice list of it, and uh, stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Talk to you in a minute. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack, each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show 
celebrating Batman, the animated series, week by week, episode by episode, just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. And just like that, as promised, I am back. My snoring dog at my feet is roaring away, and I'm here with Mr. Brad Felicki as we move into episode number 151 in our comic book news segment. And we have a new milestone title. Ooh, good stuff, good stuff. Coming up, we've got AAPI Heritage Month celebration, a series of varying covers. Brad, what did you think about this announcement and the news that goes with it? Ah, oh, man, I love these covers. You know, before we started recording i was looking through these and you know i really love the bad girls cover um but i think i think my favorite is the nightwing there's something about the colors and the way the faces are i just i, I love that cover so these covers are great um and i'm looking forward to the duo series uh you know it, uh, it's been a little while since uh, I've read some Greg Pak, so I'm looking forward to uh, to that as well. And it's cool to bring an uh, Asian character into the Milestone universe as well. So, yeah, I think this is all around. This is pretty good news. Uh, what about you? Totally agree. I mean, the duo character sounds really interesting. And, yeah, it, I'm trying to think back now. What's the last Greg Pak title that I read? Um, but now i can just look forward to the one that i plan on reading which is <laughs> going to be the upcoming duo i think it's a great inclusion for the milestone universe i think uh you know that this whole idea behind the the bang babies and uh all of these elements that were so integral to the original milestone run are getting a really interesting you know renewal now that they're being told in the modern day with the context I like the idea behind the husband and wife scientist and the challenge there kind of reminds me of a uh, humanoids title called Strangelands that I enjoyed for a bit. Not a husband and wife, but a partner. 
and the idea of the the need for the coexistence and the, the identities. I also think these covers are absolutely gorgeous. I mean, hard not to love. The Nightwing one is pretty awesome. I agree. And you got to love. I mean, they always get me. You get me a table of steaming food, especially yeah. in that kind of setting. And, I, and I'm happy to go nuts. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hi, dim sum all the way. Happy day. Happy day. <laughs> um, I'm going to have a good time anytime there's good food. And the Monkey Prince. I really loved uh, his inclusion in the recent anthology. And I... I love the hints that we've been getting and there's just something about that cover <laughs> like yeah. you know there's that feeling when you're hanging out with your friends and it's kind of light and playful and you just i don't know there's just a great vibe from that that i i, I enjoyed in the nightwing one and i also felt was echoed in the echoed in this one and uh yeah man just just good stuff all around uh if you're looking for things to add to your comic book list know that i'm doing it so don't feel guilty if you find yourself adding titles you didn't know you were going to be adding and just to make the decision even more difficult, guess what? DC has just revealed details on the return of Fables after its nearly seven-year hiatus. Brad, what do you think about this announcement? Oh, I can't wait. Uh, Fables was always a series that I waited for the trades uh, just because I, I, I loved digesting a bigger chunk of the story at one time. But uh, with this return, I may, I may have to jump on in. Uh, with this issue 151 and start reading the individual issues because I, uh, I I always loved fables and and I've missed it and for some reason to me it seems a lot longer than seven years I can't I thought it's it felt feels longer I don't know but yeah welcome back and I can't wait uh, I mean what a year that we we're gonna get a Sandman series and fables comes back to comics and Saga comes back to comics uh, man. Once again, it's a great time to not not only to be a DC fan, to just to be a fan of this stuff in general. What about you? I love it when Brad says that line. It's yeah. always a sign of good things to come. Yeah, man. I actually I was kind of curious about this back when they did the uh, Batman versus Big B series. Like I was kind of intrigued by the idea of like, why would they have this now? You know, what would be the incentive? And it's a wonderful sort of uh, pre or intro or sort of return to uh the fable saga that's going to now be picking up um yeah and you're right i, I it does feel like longer than seven years right like i want to go back at some point and go okay so when was that last title that you're referencing as being only seven years ago um fables yeah. was one of those ones that i became aware of while i was a starving grad student so i did not have the money at the time to pick up a lot of copies um but it's one of those ones that's been on my mind to you know get caught up on and now i'm like okay well if there's going to be a continuation time to go ahead and bite the bullet see what you've got laying around and yes if you're like me figure out how to stretch your budget for more titles maybe you didn't anticipate but now you just need 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 or is that just me i don't want to talk about it okay here's what i will say it's coming back you handle your finance however you have to no, I am not buying blood at this time. I am very sorry. But someone out there will help you financially somehow. In the meantime, for those of you who will be disappointed by the following news, I mean, new titles are coming. Sometimes that means titles are ending. We have the announcement that Suicide Squad will be coming to a close this May. What did you think, Brad? Uh, it's a bummer, but keep the faith, guys, because... 
as we've talked a lot about Peacemaker and Suicide Squad already this episode, uh, those characters are really hot right now. Uh, so we will see the Suicide Squad again, probably on the suitor side rather than later. So just so just be a little patient. Um, you know, as a bummer as it is, because I, I've liked the current series, I think we'll we'll see them again before too long. What about you? Well, yeah, I think one of the things that really intrigued me also was that in this announcement, um, it was mentioned that this comes just about a day after the announcement that Tim Sheridan is going to be ending Teen Titans Academy. And I also feel like these events, because they're happening around May, are also going to coincide what we know to be the upcoming The Death of the Justice League. And I feel between that and then there's an event coming after that. Um, It's not the darkness, but it connects to it. I can't think of what the name of it is right now. But there's going to be an event following that. And I feel like the shakeups from that are perfect reasons why these titles are coming to a close. And then, as you mentioned, there there's such a popularity that once that time has passed and the universe has recovered from the you know, consequences of the events, we will get, I'm thinking, a, a new Suicide Squad. And I'm curious if there will be the potential later on for a new Titans Academy, because I liked what it was doing. I would love to see that come back as well. But I, I do feel like the timing is also, you know, something that can be expected given the news we've been hearing about other titles and upcoming events coming to the DC Comics universe. So with all that in mind, I think they will go. I just don't think they'll be gone for that long. How about that? Yeah. Well, just going on the, the Teen Titans Academy cancellation, that kind of is more uh, ominous to me because those characters don't have the traction uh, that Suicide Squad does. You know, they don't have the recognition. And I've really liked the Teen Titans Academy. I thought it was doing some really cool things in a different way. So I, I do hope that that continues uh, down the road as well. And you are probably right with this big crossover event we got coming up. It probably has something to do do with that as well. Um, I'm hopeful. I also haven't been as up to date recently on Teen Titans Academy, but I do know that in the future state stuff, there were big events that changed the dynamic of the Titans and everything else. The outsiders, you know, Shazam, we know that the big change was coming with Mary Marvel. So I feel like it's a result of a lot of different changes going that future state kind of suggested. And then this big uh, crossover event is also going to be involved in. But I, I do have some concerns, as you mentioned, for those characters that aren't as well established that we were just kind of getting to know in the past year or so. Um, ah, it'd be nice if they can find their way back, right? Come on, guys, give them a home. They're good kids. Need a good place to go. Um, especially that bat trio. Oh, God, those sluice, those guys are the the brat pack. Those guys are adorable. I absolutely <laughs> love them. I mean, like I, I could I could totally enjoy a spinoff of them just by themselves. Um, yeah. Hey. Keeping things moving in comics because there is plenty more to enjoy, including the announcement that uh, Nubia is coronated queen and will be getting an origin in an upcoming May DC special. Brad, what do you think about the announcement, Nubia's developments? Yeah, good, good. I think I think it's about time. I mean, she's kind of been queen for a while now, so it's good to make it official. And I think that it's going to be a nice way to wrap up the Trial of the Amazon storyline. Uh, it's because it looks like it's coming out right after that crossover wraps up. So I think that that is uh, a, a good way to end everything. And, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what about you? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Stephanie Williams, Vita Ayala, they've been doing that masterful job with Nubia and the Amazons. And it's been interesting because a lot of the tension in the story has been a result of those kind of struggling to adjust to the transition of Nubia to the queen, the role of queen after taking over for Hippolyta. And then I feel like this trial of the Amazons is going to test a lot of things, but it's also going to lead to this resolution where not only is she uh, keeping her crown, but it's also being formalized through this coronation. And then I I would like to think that it's going to settle that issue while also beginning the next steps of a you know new journey that's coming forward. So I agree. It's about time. She's been queen for a while. But I've also enjoyed the story that's kind of been leading up to this. And man, how gorgeous are those variant covers? Goodness. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. I mean, really, I think the second one on the throne is just so cool and collected. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. Plus the kicks. Like, I got to love the shoes with it just for bonus. Like, I kind of yeah, feel like right. that was a Felicky fly fashion. Yeah. Like, hey, Brad, you yep. watching? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I forgot yep, to mention I that. Felt like that yeah. Was, yeah. You're a little bit of a sneakerhead, right? Tiny bit, a <laughs> little bit, a little bit. All right. Well, I like okay. I like my uh, I like my uh, Chuck Taylors. I'll say that. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. I'm not going to put them on the spot too much longer, folks, because we have more DC Comics news, comic stories coming your way. Stargirl Legends of Tomorrow joined DC's Arrowverse crossover event, Earth Prime. Were we just talking about crossovers? Brad? I love this idea. Uh, It's really cool because they're doing uh, like an issue focusing on one character or one team or one TV show. So it's almost like each issue could be an episode and then you get the final issue, which is the big crossover. Since we didn't uh, get a huge, huge crossover this year, this was the next best thing. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, And it's cool that we're going to get to see um, Clayface in the the Batwoman continuity. So, um, yeah, I I think this is going to be a lot of fun. What about you? Such a great idea. I love the concept behind it. And I love the idea of the actors being like, yeah, I get final approval on whatever my character's doing in there for this crossover. What's going yes, on? Yes, <laughs> right. That's another thing that I wanted to bring up is that they're getting involved, too, and they're writing backup stories. I think that is is really a uh, really cool idea. Yeah, I think it's really fun. I love these, you know, each issue features, so you know, one of the uh, classic Arrowverse shows. Like you said, Clayface Batwoman. You've got Superman and Lois one, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, <laughs> a Stargirl flash i mean pretty sweet little lineup there and i love that that it's all going to come together in a crossover which like you said we didn't get one really on arrowverse i mean i liked armageddon it 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 did a good job but we we know what crisis and invasion and those other great crossovers have been like and if we can't have it like that on the arrowverse well that's fine we'll go ahead and take a crossover through uh these earth prime comics right (laughs) yeah and it gives an opportunity to bring back characters that due to whatever circumstances, the actor can't come back to play them on the show. So that's agreed. That's a really cool thing. We can maybe see some of those characters again. Definitely. Definitely. Um, In the meantime, for those who are looking forward to, you know, other fun stories that can spin out of events that have been transpiring in comics recently, there is a, where is Superman? Uh, series that we can look forward to in which Batman is fending off an alien invasion while Superman is 
not available right now. Oh, and did we more mention the uh, fortress? Yeah, fortress. Brad? Oh man, uh, I, I think the thing. I mean, it's a really cool idea. I think it's a cool, it's a cool concept. But I really like the creative team behind this as well. Um, uh, Gary Witta, who wrote uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. He's writing it, and uh, um, uh, and Derek Robertson is going to be drawing it. And I've loved him ever since The Boys. So I, I just love this creative team behind this. So I'm really looking forward to this. This is definitely going to be on my uh, buy list, my pull list. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> yeah, what a great team up, right? Like, yeah, Rogue One, such a great one. And um, Derek Roberts, I mean, really <laughs> has made a name for himself. I was lucky enough to get a chance to talk to a couple of writers who worked with him on uh, on a kind of spacefaring comic he's been drawing for. And they had nothing but just amazing high praise for, you know, everything he brings to the to the process. Like he not only comes in as an artist, but he's also like, yeah, how about this? What if we do? <laughs> <laughs> so the idea of them working together and going, yeah, so here's a story about Batman taking over and defending the planet, you know, because there's an invasion. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be awesome. I love that great little teaser of that cover for uh, issue number two. And I love all the promise. I mean, there's just something about Batman going. So it's just me, huh? <clears throat> I got this. Don't worry. I mean, you know, the man's completely undeterred because he's constantly diving into situations most of us would just cringe at. Uh, hey, so we already mentioned it, but we're just going to go ahead and follow back on the fact that DC has announced the cancellation of Teen Titans Academy after its first year. And um, as we mentioned, Death of the Justice League apparently is, is part of the reasons that this is shutting down. Will it find its way back, Brad? You know, we touched on this a little bit with the earlier story, but coming back yeah, to it, what do you think? Yeah, I... My biggest concern about this cancellation is, like I said, that uh, I hope this doesn't mean that we've seen the end of these characters. I'm assuming we won't. Um, we'll see, I mean, that we will see them again in, in some way. It's just it's not as certain in my mind as something like the Suicide Squad. So fingers crossed. I, I know this series really kind of had a cult following. So it definitely did have its fans. And I think that's a good sign that we'll, um, you know, come around again to see these characters again but yeah i just really hope we do uh, what about you yeah i mean i like the idea of the the characters from the academy stepping up in some kind of way following the events of death of the justice league um but then i'm intrigued by the fact that sheridan said his original plan was to leave the series with issue number 12 but dc asked him to stay on so then i'm like okay well if he was leaving after 12 what then does it mean for the Academy afterwards? Also, uh, who's going to pick the story up if he plans to leave it? Who's going to be the next you know, writer to come up and say, hey, I want to take a swing with these characters. I want to follow up on their stories um, because you lose a certain continuity with the writer leaving. So, yeah, I think it does create some uncertainty about the future. But then I wonder about him teaming up with Jeff Johns, Jeremy Adams for the Flashpoint Beyond. I mean... Flash has always been a great connection to the Titans. So could it spin some way out of some stuff? I don't know. Possibilities exist. So I have hope, as you know about me. I'm always I'm always thinking it can happen. It can happen. So uh, that's going to be me for a little while. <laughs> 
In the meantime, we also have some updates about Free Comic Book Day and offerings that are coming out from DC for you to go ahead and put on your checklist. Brad, which one of these stood out for you, my friend? Oh, well, uh, the Dark Crisis special, for sure. Um, this is going to be, you know, a huge, huge event. So it's always cool to have a really big book to look forward to on Free Comic Book Day, one that's going to have lasting consequences, you know, across the whole DC universe. So um, I'm looking forward to this to see um, kind of what's in store. And I I love the cover with the uh, the next Batman, uh, John Kent and Yara Floor in the background uh, with Wonder Woman, Superman and Batman up front. That's just a, it's a great cover. And, and uh, I, I love that those characters are going to take a front seat once the Justice League dies so yeah i'm just really looking forward to that and i'm looking forward to the others as you know uh, the super pets one will be fun and um the uh the the galaxy the pretty star that uh, should be fun too because they are kind of um <clears throat> chapters taken from the original graphic novels that are going to be coming out later in the year so we'll get to see you know and and like i've said before dc's done really well with the uh, younger readers market. So yeah, I'm looking forward to all three of these. What about you? Oh yeah, there's plenty of good stuff to look forward to. I loved your breakdown and description of uh, Dark Crisis in that cover. It's it's phenomenal, and I love the premise behind you know this question of uh, Josh Williams talking about legacy, what it means to different people from Deathstroke to Black Adam to Jor El. I think that's a really cool way of you know looking at how he wants to approach this and and what he wants to accomplish by the time it's done. Galaxy definitely looks like another great addition to the YA uh, catalog that DC has just been really doing the amazing stuff on. Um, and then I agree, uh, the League of Super Pets. I just saw the commercial recently, just watching something, and I just chuckled because it reminded me of all the stuff I've loved so far in the uh, teasers, and I feel like this is just going to be a great addition. Uh, <laughs> how do you not love that great, almost smirking, confident smile, knowing that it's the voice of Dwayne Johnson behind that, well, that sweet little crypto on the cover. So, yeah, man, lots of good stuff to look forward to. I'm sure this is just the beginning of DC's uh, free comic book day offerings coming our way. And it might not be free, but that that rarely stops me from picking up good stuff from DC, like the recently announced Aquaman Andromeda black label series i like andromeda it's got a great little uh hint of possibility to it brad what do you think of this series in the announcement yeah you had me at ram v so right uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm there and i think that that um aquaman deserves the black label series and the art is really really cool uh i'm gonna have to go back to what i said with those um, Pacific Islander, Asian American covers, and I, I just love the the color palette in this art that we see. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward. This is another thing I'm looking forward to. You know, I, I almost told myself this year that I'm not going to buy every DC book, but man, they keep they keep. You know, what's what's that quote from The Godfather? Just when I'm out, they pull me back in. So just yeah. when I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll be picking this one up too. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, in Ram V, I trust. I mean, the guy's done such amazing stuff. I mean, such absolutely phenomenal stuff. And Christian Ward 
clearly makes this art look like something we I've never seen before from uh, Aquaman. It, it looks wild and mysterious and and full of dark intrigue and wonder. And those are all good things for me to enjoy, especially when you talk about a character that can plumb the the depths of the ocean, something that makes the inky, you know, dark of space seem like, you know, not that bad. So <laughs> I really feel with this kind of art, you can delve into some great stuff. I love the premise. I love the idea of Black Manta just being that, you know, consistent nemesis and the idea of this black hole drive. Yeah, black holes. You had me. I'm totally in. Let's talk singularities, right? (laughs) (laughs) Now, someone else who's been known to create a series that people are quick to get behind because he's one of those creative uh, forces that, you know, just seems to do pretty well. I'm talking about the announcement of Danger Street. Featuring Dr. Fate, Starman, and more, and starting out with the creative work of Tom King, Jorge Fornes, and Dave Stewart. Brad, what would you think about this announcement? Oh, man, you had me at Tom King. And, <laughs> and you add that Starman is going to be in it, and Warlord and Metamorpho. What a, what a lineup. That I, I can't wait to see what he does with that. Um, yeah, this is this is going to be another one of those ones that I'm not going to be able to resist. So I'm going to definitely have to pick up. Uh, you know, you, you kind of never think about a, you know a hero that wants to get into the Justice League. So how how do you do that? So how do you go to prove yourself worthy? I think that's an interesting theme to to kind of explore in the story as well. So yeah, I I I'm psyched. What about you? Yeah, you pretty much had me at, at Tom King and Jose Fornes. Like, yeah, sure. And then Dave Stewart. Like, come on. We've seen the Rorschach series. I've got all 12 issues. I'm very proud of that. I've got the uh, uh, the uh, the recent one that he's got going on right now with uh, Human Target. And, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I got Strange Adventures. Like, it's going to be good. I'm going to enjoy it. I know the art's going to be gorgeous. I, I love the suggestions that are already in here. And also, yeah, I like that idea that you're talking about. I mean, one, Starman, two, Metamorpho and Warlord. Like, really? Okay. Oh, and let's get into the Justice League by picking a fight with Darkseid. Like, yeah, I love that's all always, of it. That'll always end <laughs> <spin> well. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like there's going to be some sort of wry commentary from Tom King during the process of this. Like, you know, yeah. maybe it's not the smartest idea, but we're going to do it anyways. Like, I feel like he could definitely write a story that just sells that idea without any hesitation. Um, yeah. And hey, something you might have, but you're probably happy to consider going ahead and getting one more time just because... JLA Avengers is being reprinted in honor of George Perez by the Hero Initiative. It's something you can get your hands on. The uh, proceeds are going to be going to charity. And Brad, what did you think about this uh, final story on our list today? Oh man, uh, it's it's such a such a bummer what George Perez is going through right now. But he's had such a good spirit about it. Um, I, I see a lot of posting on social media. And he's really, uh, you know, really uh, making the best out of a horrible situation. And this is such a good cause. And, you know, I do not have uh, this issue, the JLA Avengers. So I think this is something I'm definitely going to try to pick up because not only is it something that I need in my library, but it's, you know, like I said, it's it's uh, a really great cause. What about you? Such a great cause, such a great recognition of an amazingly talented artist who 
you know, kind of broke our hearts in so many different ways for so many different reasons uh, with the news of his terminal cancer. But it and then turned around and showed us just how amazing he can respond to it by saying, look, my only goal is to meet with my fans, spend as much time possible, keep taking advantage of the fact that I'm here for another day um, and, and what a gift that is and what I can do with that. Um, you know, it's amazing that this new collection, Heroes Initiative, someone like Perez, who's been uh, on the uh, the founding board, and that now this collection will also have the uh, afterward by uh, Kurt Busiek. Um, I, I think it's a real gift. I think it's a real just tribute to uh, to the fact that he made such an impression even before his announcement. And now it seems like since then, he's continued to find a way to just, I don't know, give us a sense of encouragement, even as even as we're doing our best to, you know, offer that same thing back to him. It's like, he's like, ah, don't worry about me. Are you okay? And I don't know, man, I just, I, I really love that spirit. I love that. <sighs> I love that personality that I, I would love to aspire to. So uh, yeah. Yeah. I think this is great tribute. I'm, I'm really happy uh, for all this can mean for fans to pick up and have this in your collection and, and know that the proceeds go into such a great, mm-hmm. great cause. Uh, with that, that's our final story, guys. This has been DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, episode number 151. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. It's been a pleasure to talk about all these great stories with the amazing, the wonderful, uh, my partner in crime and in podcasting, Mr. Brad Felicki. Brad, should the good people want to follow up with you? Where's a good place where they can make contact? Oh, you can uh, find me uh, Red News Reviews, dccomicsnews.com. You can find me on the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast, also part of the DC Comics News Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. I haven't spelled that out in a while, but that's F-I-L-I-C-K-Y-B and the number one. And where can people find you? I can most often be found hanging out with uh, Brad here on the uh, DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. I can also be found on my couch under a blanket with the dogs under the blanket with me and us watching soccer while my laptop is, uh, well, precariously positioned on my lap. Um, Other than that, just find me at DC Comics News. And should you choose to be an Internet sleuth and think you found me, Seth Singleton, send me a message wherever you think you found me. And if I get back to you, guess what? You found me and I responded. And hey, we just had ourselves a little adventure. Otherwise, just keep coming back here. Keep listening and tell us all the great things we love to hear from you about all of our fun episodes talking to you about DC Comics news. Remember, you can catch all of the best just by subscribing, whatever platform you're listening to. Tell a friend on all the big ones if they like Stitcher, Spotify, Google, uh, you name it. And whatever one you're listening to, let them know it's there too. And when you subscribe, you'll guarantee you never miss out on original programming, like our weekly podcast, our episode by episode breakdown of Batman, the animated series with I am the night hosted by Steve J Ray, our mad love podcast dedicated to the amazing Harley Quinn animated DC comics, new spinner rack featuring your top five picks from DC comics each and every week. And so much more in store. You never want to miss out. Should you have a question, a comment, or something you want to let us know, start the conversation on your favorite social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, you name it. Just use the at symbol in DC Comics News, capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S, DC Comics News. That's the handle. Leave us a message. Leave us a question. 
can't wait to enjoy a great conversation with you, hear all your thoughts and your comments. And with that, we only have one last thing we always love to leave you with as we wrap up each and every episode, and that is to always read more comics. comics. Oh, <laughs> that timing. Yeah, baby, we got the timing. <laughs> I know.